Today's Dav is Dav Kuftes. We're holding at the bottom of Kufches Amadeis. The Gemara is going to bring down a case which unfortunately is not that uncommon. The situation is that the father of the bride, the father of the Kala, right, committed himself to bring, to pay off a certain amount of money to the groom as a dowry, right? So they did Kedushin. The first step of marriage has been done. And now, the, the chassan wants the money to go to Eretz Yisrael and learn in Kailo for five years, right? And the father now says, I'm not paying. Alright? So, we're going to see, there's two pshatim in Rashi that might make a logic difference. But the Lashon of the Mishnah is, A person who stipulated that there is going to give money for the son-in-law as a dowry for his, uh, for his uh, 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 daughter. Now that expression, in, it's interesting, in modern day Hebrew, Pashat Esaregel is a person goes bankrupt. When a person is Pashat Esaregel, means, Erasha brings down two Pashat, which maybe only fits one. The one is, Pashat Esaregel means that when the Chassan comes to get the money, he shows him his foot. He says, you can scrape the mud off the bottom of my, my, of my foot. That's all you're getting from me. He sticks out his foot. The other shot, Bajad Aregel, he's there, Raja says, means that I don't have the money. Even if you hang me up by my, my leg, I'm still not going to able to give you the money because I don't have it. That sounds more like he went bankrupt. That's the usage of it in, in modern day Hebrew. But anyway, the point is, he either doesn't have it or he's refusing to pay it. Now, the Chassan has leverage here. Because when the Chassan's only done Kedushin, in those days there was two steps, there was Kedushin and Nesuin. So now, he hasn't done Nesuin. So therefore, Teshev Achetal bin Roisha, the Tanakama, which, uh, uh, is, uh, the Tanakama's position over here is, that he as leverage can say, well I'm just gonna let your daughter stay until her hair stays, turns white. I mean, she's in limbo. I only did Kedushin. I'm not doing the Sue. I mean, I don't have any real financial responsibilities to her. You're not fulfilling your responsibility. I am not going to continue with the Nesuin, and I'm not going to divorce her either. So she's going, your responsibility, because of you, she's going to get stuck. She's stuck in this no man's land until, uh, until you come up with the money. Right? Admon says that's not fair to her. He says, The girl can say, I accepted the financial responsibility myself. Then I hear using me as leverage. Fine. Then I should stay until my hair turns white. But because my father made that commitment to you, that financial commitment. So therefore, what can I do about it? That's his. Your problem is with him. Your problem should not be with me. Oak knows. Either go through with the Nesuin and marry me completely. Or Pator, or give me a get and, 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 and cut the cord and let me go on, go on with my life. So Amram Gamliel, Ranias Dibre Admon. So this is the third case where uh, Aram Gamliel has said, I see Admon's position as being the correct one. Remember we said Admon said seven things on the first three. Aram Gamliel said that Admon's position seems to be the correct position. This is the third of the seven. Now, let's keep going. So this morning says like this, that the version that we have in our Mishnah we're going to see is Matnis in Kaitana does not follow a, another Tanoic interpretation that's in the Brisa as to what the Machlok is between the Tanakama and Admon is. In our version was who was the one that financially committed? It was the father. Right? 
and the father is the one is the recalcitrant. The father, the one is not coming up with the money. And the machlokas is, can you use the daughter as leverage? According to Tanakama, let her sit there until her hair turns white. And Adma says you can't do that to the daughter. In the Brisa, there's a different version. Interesting machlokas in the Brisa. Let's take a look. So therefore, the Lekai that is signed, the Brisa's version goes like this. Am Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, lo nechleku, not like our that in the case where the father made the commitment and then he's the one that is not able or refusing to come up with the money, that's not a machlokus between them. Because they all agree in such a case that the girl should be able to say what? What are you using me as a pawn? That wasn't my fault. Go fight it out with my father. But you either marry me or cut me loose. Don't let me, don't let me stay in limbo. That my father, the one made the stipulation concerning me, not me. What do you want me to do? What the machlokas is, according to the version of the Brisa, was the father never made the commitment. The girl herself made the commitment. The girl said that if you marry me, I will support you in Kolel for five years. Right? The girl made the commitment, right? So therefore, she was the one that made the stipulation. She made the stipulation. So what's the taina? She made the stipulation. Come up, put up, or, 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 or that's it. Or you're stuck until your, your hair turns white. What is Admon? Admon still disagrees. Admon says that the only reason the girl made that comment because she feels who's going to back her. The father. So she said, even though I said it, you should realize I said it, it's because I feel my father would have come up with the money. Therefore, don't hold me responsible. Go fight it out with my father. That's what the said. It's a whole different machlokas according to the Bryce's version of it. Even though she was the one who made the stipulation, she still could argue, my father's going to cover me. And therefore, that was my intent. And he's not willing to cover me. Therefore, you should cut me loose. So therefore, now that he's not, he's refusing or unable to cover for me. What am I able to do? I don't have the money. Either do nesuin, move on with it, or cut me loose and let's go on with our lives. And there, in, the, in, this, in this version of the Brisa, Amar Rabban Gamliel, Rohani is Divra Admon. I see Admon's position as being the correct position. Okay. Now. So, these are mutually exclusive machlokasin, by the way, because the, the second, the Brisa's position disagrees with what the Mishnah, the Mishnah is saying, the Mishnah's case, the Brisa says, would not be a machlokas if the father made the stipulation, everybody holds, you cannot make the girl responsible for that. The machlokas according to the Brisa. Now, in both cases, Rabbi Gamil says, I see Adman's position, must be though, one of those are correct, means whatever the right version is, that's the version that Rabban Gamliel made the statement that Rab Admon is the correct one. Now, the way we're going to learn the upcoming piece of Gemara, the way Rashi learns it. Tana, we learned in a Brisa, Rashi learns that the Brisa is clarifying, the second Brisa is clarifying the first Brisa's situation, not the Mishnah. I mean, the Bamed Varmamurim that we're about to say now and discuss is going on the way the Brisa understands. I mean, the Brisa's case is that the girl herself made the stipulation and the argument is 
Can you hold her father responsible for her stipulation? Or can she not argue my father was, I thought my father was going to cover me? That's it's going on the Bryce's take on it, but not on the case where the father himself actually made the stipulation. Because there we said, under no circumstances can you hold her responsible according to the Bryce's version. So this is the way Rashi learns. It's going on the Bryce's. So what is the, what does this, this second Bryce's say? We're talking about a situation where she was an adult. Now, according to the way Raj is learning, where she as an adult made the stipulation, saying, I'm going to pay for you five years in Kailo. Right? But if she did it as a Ketana, Kofin, we, we, we exert pressure and we force. Now, What's going on here? It's Mashma. This, the, 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 that, uh, the, the, the statement was only made when she's a girl, which is the Ketana, we put pressure. Pressure on who? Who are we forcing? Kofin Laman. Who are we forcing? So maybe it means, it means, it means we force the father. It means it's Admon's position that you cannot blame the girl. You have to force the father. But then it makes no sense. Because the Chorah, what makes more sense that you can force the father? Was she made the statement as a Ketana or was she made the statement as a Gedola? Lechora, if, if you hold that you can force when she's, when, if you, it, should, it makes no sense to say that you can force the father. Right, let, let's go through this again. So, Gedola, Abba, Ketana, Kofin, means like, like this. It, it, it means, well, if, if, so, so again, assuming that she can make a kid, like she's, she's old enough, let's say, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, whatever the age is. But the bottom line is, if it's Admon's position, and she can just say, I thought my father's going to cover me, right? That should be by a Gedola too. That shouldn't be just by a Ketana, right? So therefore, so therefore, like this. So therefore, if it's forcing the father, in fact, the chorah should be the other way around. Is that the chorah? What do you mean? That should be the other way around. Uh, let's just see. Let me just make sure I'm doing this, the, the, uh, saying this correctly. Betsy should have said that the father is forced if the daughter is an adult, and not if she is a minor. That's what the Gemara says. No, because the, the Ketana, the father could basically say, you could not, you shouldn't have relied on the Ketana Bechlal. So you, what do you mean, you could force me? You shouldn't have relied on the Ketana. The only time you can rely on when she is a Gedola. And if it's Gedola, so that's when you should force the father, not when she's a Ketana. So there, but someone forcing the father, it makes no sense. What it's saying. So therefore, Ella, I'm a rubber, Kaifin Labal, it can get. It means like this. That, that makes more sense over here. It's that, that Ramed Varmamurim, when she's a Gedola. So that's when Admon says that you shouldn't let her stay till her hair turns white. Go, go and get the money from the father. But if she made it as a Katana, that case you can't force the father, but you know who we could force? You should not have accepted the, the husband should not have accepted the stipulations of the Katana, and therefore the, he should not be able to use her as leverage Bechlal, and she, he should have to give her a get and cut her loose if he doesn't want to continue on with this Nesuin. So that sets it against. But Rashi's learning this is going on the Brysa, on the case where that it's not talking about where the father made the stipulation, it's talking about where the daughter made the stipulation. That's how it makes sense. Okay. Now, let's keep going. So, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak ben Allah, Zemishmei Dechizkiyo. Kamakam she'avran gamliel, ro'an yez dibri admon alach kamoise. So, Chizkiyo, Chizkiyo is from the Gedolei of the Amaroim, which is going to be important information in a moment. He is, 
uh, in Misora, he was reported as saying that wherever Rabbi Gamliel says the halacha follows Admon, that actually is the halacha lamaisa. Which means out of the seven cases, only in three, the first three cases, Rabbi Gamliel said the halacha is like Admon, which means in those three cases, the halacha is like Admon. In the remaining four, Rabbi Gamliel never said the halacha is like Admon, which therefore implies that in those four cases... The halacha is not like Admon. That by implication, Chizkiah never said explicitly that, but it's implied because the fact that he said wherever Rabban Gamliel said the halacha is like uh, Admon, the halacha is like Admon implies that if he didn't say it, the halacha is not like that. Now that's what the statement with Rab Chizkiah was. So Amalei Rabbi Lerav Nachman, Afil of a Bryson, he's asking a question. Rabbi Gamliel in the Bryson version also said the halacha is like Admon. Now, as I pointed out, you can't say the halacha is like Admon both in the Mishnah and in the Bryson because they're mutually exclusive positions as to what Admon actually said. So the Chayra, so do you mean even in the Bryson, which is a question really, so what do you mean? So I never said wherever he said it in the Mishnah. I said wherever it's reported as being the final say that, that that is what Admon's position is, that's where Rabbi Gamliel said the halacha like Admon, that's when it's going to be halacha. Means if you figure out between the Mishnah and the Brisa at the end which was the correct version, that's the version that Rabbi Gamaliel said the halacha is like Admon. But it's not obvious, it's only in three cases, it's not in four cases, because the, the, the Mishnah and Brisa are mutually exclusive. So whichever one it is, that's the one that Rabbi Gamaliel said that is the halacha is like Admon. So the Mishnah, I never said Dafka in the Mishnah, but Chomokim, wherever it comes out, it could be the Brisa. If the Brisa version is correct when the Mishnah is not, then that's what the version that we go with. Okay, now, let's go on. Amar Rav Zeira, Amar Rav Bar so Rav Zera made the following cryptic statement, which we're going to have to clarify. What did he say? He said, in the name of Rabbi Bar Yirmiya, the two halachas that Hanan stated in the beginning, remember there was two, we said there was two gzeras made by Hanan, there were seven that were made by Admon. So in the first two, the halacha is kiyotzebo. The halacha is like him. Against, I think he was going against Menechan and Gedolim. Whoever he was going with, the halacha follows Hanan. And Kiyotzebo, as, uh, and, and as well as the one that supports him. It was Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, I believe it was. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai followed Hanan's position. So Allah is both like Hanan and the one who supports him, which is Yochanan and Zakai. The first, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, the first two cases. Shivadvarim Sha'amar Admon, the seven statements that were made by Admon, and Allah Kiyotzebo, and Allah, uh, 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 the halacha does not f- follow the one that supports him. L'chora, there we go, like, like, like Rabban Gamliel. It means mashma, what exactly are you trying to say? It means we're trying to figure out exactly what is he saying. Now, ilema, first, uh, first option. Maybe you're saying, halacha is like chanan. And like the one who supports Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, because that can stand. We have no problem with that. Because Allah is like Hanan. Rabbi Yochanan Zakai said, Rani is Divrei Hanan. Fine. The Allah is like the first two, those two statements of Hanan. Fine. We understand. The next part is going to be still difficult. Shevet Varim Sha'amar Admon. And the seven things that Admon said, what, what, what exactly was Rabzeira saying? Did he mean, Halacha ain't Halacha Moso. The Halacha does not follow him in all seven cases. Right? 
And for sure, in, in three out of the seven, where the ain alo beloka yotzebo, and it doesn't follow here like Rabban Gamliel in the three. The aloka is not like him in all seven, and it's not like him in the first three either. So aloka doesn't go like him in all seven, and neither does it follow him in the first three, even though he was being supported by Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel. Now the problem is that Rabbi Zera would not be taking on Chizkiah. Rabbi Zera would not be arguing with Chizkiah. So if, in fact, this is what it means, then he's contradicting what Chizkiah said. Because Chizkiah said that in the first three cases where Rabban Gamliel said that Allah is like Admon, we in fact do follow Admon. So what it says like this, Ram Rav Yitzchak ben Allah of Ishmael the Chizkiah, in the name of the great Chizkiah, Komagam Sh'amar Rabban Gamliel, Roa Niyaz Dibre Admon, where he said that I see the words of Admon, the Allah is Kemos. So it can't be that the Allah is not like the one who supports Admon, because actually Rav said in cases where Rabban Gamliel said the Allah is like Admon, the Allah is like Admon. So we have to come up with a new formula, reframe what exactly it was that Rav Zeyro was saying. Ella, maybe Hachikam, maybe this is what Rav Zeyro was saying. Let's read inside. Shnei Vorm Shamar Khanan Alakamaisa Ugyoitzaboy, that doesn't change. The two Allahs that Khanan said and was supported by Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, the Allah follows him, that's fine. Right. Shivat Varam Shamar Admon, the seven statements that Admon said, Ain Allah Kyotzabo. The Allah is not exactly like the one who supports him. Right? You're right. Because the one who supports him, right? The Allah is not like the one that supports him, uh, but Hakamoso, it's not like the one who supports because the one who supported him, Rabban Gamliel, only supported him in which, how many of the seven? The first three. So Allah is not like Rabban Gamliel because Rabban Gamliel only supports him in the first three. But actually, what's the din? The Allah is like Admon in all seven. Now, the one thinks this is a little better because it's not direct, it's not completely directly arguing with Chizkiah. Because Chizkiah said that where uh, Rabban Gamliel said Allah is like Admon, Allah is like Admon. We're, but but it, the implication was that, uh, 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 that, that Rabban Gamliel only said the first three. What Chiz, what Rabzeir is adding is that not only is the halacha like Admon in the first three when Rabbi Gamliel said the halacha is like Admon, but actually the halacha is like uh, Admon in all seven. Maybe that is what Rabbi Zeta was saying. So when it says like this, Enel but Hakamosa, but like Admon, actually the halacha is the kuluhu, is like all uh, in all seven. When it says that still doesn't work. Because by implication, what Chizkiah, again, you can't argue, cannot argue Chizkiah. By implication, when Chizkiah said the halacha is like Admon in the first three cases where Rabbi Gamliel said the halacha is like him, basically, what is he saying? He's saying that the halacha follows whatever Rabbi Gamliel said it was, and therefore Rabbi Gamliel said the halacha is like him in the first three. What does that imply? It's only the first three. And that's what Chizkiah was holding. If that's what Chizkiah was holding, how to understand whether then how can Rabzeira come and say that Allah is like Admon in all seven? You can't can't be, right? Wherever he said the Allah is like Admon, that's where the Allah is like Admon. Amar in, only where he said the Allah is like Admon is the Halacha. But Loi Amar, but Ibrahim Gamliel never said the Allah is like Admon the last four cases. Then what does that imply? So Loi Amar, Loi. So how can you come and say the Allah is, how can Rab Zaira come and say the Allah is like Admon in all seven? So again, so Rabzeira cannot argue with Chizkiah. So what's shot? 
this is Again, that doesn't change. The first two things that Hanan said, and it's also like a Yechem and Zakat, fine. Shiva Dvarim Amar, the Admon, so the seven things that Admon said, there are some of those things that Allah follows him, as well as the one who supported him. Right? And there are some of the things that Allah does not follow him. Rather, it goes like the one who was his supporter, which is Rabban Gamliel, which means like this. Whenever Rabban Gamliel said explicitly that Allah is like him, in the first three, where Rabban Gamliel never said explicitly that Allah is like him, then what does that imply in those cases? The halacha is, so therefore, in the case of the last four, then in the case of the said, Enoch, the other ones, loy, the halacha is not like it. Which then it's mamish exactly the same thing as what Chizkiyo is saying. So then there's no contradiction between Rabzeir and Chizkiyo, and that comes out fine. Alright, let's go on. Now, the morning is going to have an interesting scenario, because there's going to be two cases over here. They're a little technical, so let's try and explain them conceptually outside, and then we'll see it inside. The situation is like this. Ruvain, okay, sees that Shimon has a field that Ruvain feels was stolen from him by Levi. So Ruvain's about to make a claim that the field that is Shimon claims he has ownership on, he has a deed that he, Shimon bought it from Levi, Ruvain's about to blow it up. He's going to bring witnesses that show that Levi stole it from him. Under all circumstances, that would be valid. If he can bring witnesses that Levi stole it from him, Shimon would have to turn it over to Ruvain, and then Shimon would have to fight it out with Levi. When, Fine. When is it that's happening? What's that? When is this that's happening? What do you mean, like in 1941? Or what no, do you mean? No, when? Within the first three years? Or doesn't, doesn't matter. The bottom line is, he has witnesses that clearly were stolen from him. Okay? There was no... Now... The case, though, the problem over here is that there was a deed that Levi sold it to Shimon. Now, Reuben's about to blow that deed up because Reuben's going to claim that that deed is not worth the paper it's written on. Why? Because Levi actually is a gun and he stole it to him. The problem is, is that Shimon asked Reuben to be a witness to the sale and he's one of the signatories. He signed on the sale that Levi sold it to Levi sold it to Shimon. Yeah, Reuven signed on it. Witnesses now the Chorah. So what the question is going to be? One second. If in fact this was stolen property, then why would you sign on the document? that allows Shimon to buy it from Levi. So the machlokas we're going to have is as follows. Is that the Chachamim's position on this is going to be, is that even if you have witnesses that say that Levi stole it from you, there is a concept, the Hodaz Baldin can make it ma'edim. The admission of the owner, the, of the owner, is stronger than a thousand witnesses, right? It's stronger than a hundred witnesses. So you're signing on it is as if you're admitting you're ceding like it's a mechila you're ceding your right to go after that land now because you're basically saying Shimon is the owner of the land once you've said that you've uh, you, 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 that Shimon is the owner of the land you cannot come back anymore and bring witnesses that Levi stole it from you to take it away from Shimon that's going to be one position 
So, so Reuben knows that this, this is that particular... You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah you know, that, that's not the British question. He's going to claim on it. So he knows. The other position is going to be as follows. Is that, 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 that Reuben can tie in as follows. Now, this doesn't make him one of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim. But what he can claim is like this. Shimon is a ruffian. He's a mafia guy. For me to go after Shimon, I knew... I don't want to mess with Shimon. I'm, I'm not Levy. saying with Shimon. I, I would Levy. 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 Sorry, Levy is a mafia guy. I don't want to mess with, with, with Levy. So therefore, in my mind, let me have Levy get his money from you. And then I'll bring witnesses that Levy stole from me. And you can fight with Levy. So I don't know. Again, that doesn't make him a big tzaddik. But Lamaisa, that could explain why Reuven was willing to put his name on the signature on the deed that sold it from Levy to Shimon. And then he can't say, well, I ceded it to you. I didn't cede it to you. I just made it easier for me to get it back. That's going to be the Machlokas Tanoim over here. Let's see. So when it says like this, again, this will be case number four of, of Admon. Ha'orah al-Asodah. A person who is protesting is laying claim to a field that's in possession of Shimon, and he claims it was his field that was stolen to him by Levi. But that field where Levi sold it to Shimon, Reuven is one of the Adim of that field. Admon Omer, Hasheni Noach, Learishon Kashemeno. Is Admon says that we cannot make the argument that why did you put your name to the deed if in fact you knew that it was stolen? Because he can push back and say is that Shimon was easier for me to fight with than Levi and that would explain why he put his name on the deed. Chachamim Omerim Ibn Ezechusar. Chachamim says that's not a claim. If you put your name to it, that is like you're, you're, you're overriding any witnesses that you bring that was stolen. You've overrided because Hodaz Baldin is command Adim. It's like you're admitting it belongs to Shimon. If you admit it belongs to Shimon, you cannot bring Adim now to say it does not belong to Shimon. Now, that's the first case. Now, that's a simpler case. Now, we're going to have a little bit more of a complicated case. Listen carefully what the case is. You have two parcels of land, A and B, that are side by side. They share a common boundary. All right? The case is going to be is like this. Ruvain, right, is going to claim that parcel A that Shimon bought from Levi is the stolen property. Right? So Shimon is now has a deed that he bought it from Levi, and Ruvain plans, plans to protest that piece of property. Okay? It also happens to be that parcel B legitimately Parcel B legitimately was bought from, Parcel B was bought that, that, uh, that, 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 uh, by Yehuda. Shimon sold Parcel B to Yehuda. So in that case, that like this. So Shimon poured Parcel B from Yehuda. So that, that is a legitimate, was a legitimate sale, right? The only thing is, is that Reuven signed on the sale of Parcel B. Now the problem is like this is that Shimon can sign parcel B, that, what, what, I mean, not Shimon, Ruvain signed on the sale for Shimon selling it to Yehuda. Now, what's the problem with that? The way they used to identify property, the boundaries of property, they used to say, who owns the land on that, that, that is abuts, the, the land on the boundary. In the north, it belongs to Yisachar. In the south, it belongs to Zvulun. Right? So in order to get the boundaries exactly and who owns what, so the boundaries were clear. They knew the boundaries. They just wanted to say who the, who the land in each direction, in the four directions, who the land abutted with. Now, the problem over here was, is that when Shimon sold this property to Yehuda, 
he brought Ruvain to sign. And where parcel A and parcel B meet, right, it was identified as parcel A belonging to Shimon. Parcel A belongs to Shimon. That's the boundary. The land that now Shimon is selling, parcel B, selling to Yehuda on the, on the north side, it, it, it abuts, it, is, it has a boundary with parcel A, which belongs to Shimon. And Reuven signed that. Now in this case, Reuven can't claim the only reason I did it because I want to make it easier for me, because that doesn't make it any easier for me. There's no claim over there, because it wasn't that it's not, that uh, there's no argument, the, 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 there was no reason that he would put his name on, on, on selling of parcel B that helps him with parcel A. Parcel A is already in the possession of Shimon. So, what did you put your name on the sale? So, in this case, it says everybody will agree that the fact that when you, when parcel B was sold, and one of the identifying markers was that it abuts with parcel A, and you, and it was identified as being Shimon, and you were willing to sign on it, Ibn as a Chuso, you have lost your right to go after parcel A now, because you have no excuse. Why did you identify that? as being Shimon's property if you in fact feel that Levi stole it from you. Is, that, is, that, is it clear? Mm-hmm. Just to understand the picture. A, A is the one that uh, Levi took from... A is what Reuben's claiming Levi stole from him. And he has witnesses but for it. Right? B so, but was Shimon's clear and clear and he sold it to Yehuda and Reuben signed on the document and in that document it identified one of the borders. Part, right. So more says like this. So therefore, also Simon Le'achar, Le'achar, if Reuben signed in a document that on parcel B, which gave the, the parcel A as one of the Shimonim, the boundary of parcel A, as being Shimon's, there according to everyone, because there's no excuse, at least Admon Tainan, where it's the actual land that you're signing on, from letting the, the legitimizing the sale from Levi to, to Shimon, we understand why you'd be willing to do that, because you want to fight with Shimon and not with Levi. But here you have no excuse when the parcel B was being sold from Shimon to Yehuda, what excuse would you have? Right? So now, Abai is going to, uh, we're going to point out a couple of caveats. Number one, there were two cases, two reasons why somebody signs on a sale. One is if you're an aide. Now, if you're an aide and you're putting your name to a document that you're testifying, you need to read every detail of that document. How can you testify and sign that your signature is going to be used for the validity of that transaction? So you have to sign, uh, you have to read what you're signing. It's interesting, when, you're, when you sign for Xuva, really, you should know what it says there, that you're putting, a, you're putting a name to. You should listen to it being read. Okay. But it's actually read afterwards, after sign. But anyway, the point is like this. The, there's another time that there's a signature required that in, in, if there's a, con, a, 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 the validity of a document is contested, the way we, uh, we verify a validity is we bring either the handwriting experts to testify that the signatures belong to the people that signed it, or you actually bring the people themselves to say, yeah, that is our signatures. And there, who signs? The Dayanim, the basin signs called the Henpeck. 
They sign that we are, we are validating the signatures are being valid. Now, when you validate, when you sign, the based in signing the signatures, they don't care about what the information written in the document, because that's not what they're signing about. They're not signing about whether or not it's a valid transaction. What they're just having to sign is it's not counterfeit and the signatures are valid signatures. So what the Gemara is pointing out over here is that, that this din, so that, what's that? And one is on the validity of, of the signatures. So this din, that according to the Chachamim, according to, uh, the, 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 uh, the Chachamim, right, that you lose your right when you sign on the document validating that the sale, because why are you validating the sale if it's stolen property? That's only a taina if your position was as an aid. Because then you're responsible to read all the details. But if you're signed on it as a dying, then we cannot hold against you. You just signed, and, 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 and because he can say, I never read the details of the document. Because I'm just very time the signatures were corrected. So if my signature is on it as a dying, that doesn't mean I will lost my rights. Because I'm not required to read all the details of the... Uh, 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 of the star. So the one says like this. So only where is there even a svara that he could lose it if he signs as an aid? He does not lose his rights according even according to Rachamim. The Tani Rabchia because Rabchia said Aidim are not allowed to sign on a document unless they read the entire all the they need to read all the minutia of the document. They don't have to read it. All they have to know is what? That the signatures are verified. They don't have to know the content. And therefore, if this guy's name shows up as a dayan, you cannot say he lost his chus because of it. Is but it the first case or both cases? What do you mean both cases? The first case of that admin. It could be either one. Either one. It could be either one. Right. Either one. The second one was Ibn Sechuzo, where he lost according to everybody. Or the first one, according to Rachachomim. Either way, there's no Ibn Sechuzo if the signature shows up as a dayan, not as, good point, and not as an aid. All right, now, Abai is about to make now another caveat on the, uh, on the second case. Now, listen carefully. The second case was where, it said everybody agrees you lose your rights, is where they put his name not on the actual property that is going to protest was stolen, but on the abutting property, on parcel B, he put his name. And our question, what are you signing on that document that identifies parcel A as belonging to Shimon if you're claiming that that was yours? So why would you say when Shimon sold it to Yehuda that that land belonged to Shimon, parcel A belonged to Shimon? Why are you writing? Why are you signing to that? You should not have signed on that if you plan on pro- protesting. And therefore, you lose your rights you, you lose your rights according to everybody. Because you can't say I made it easier. It didn't make it easier. So, but Abaya prints in an important caveat. This is only true if that second parcel, parcel B, was being sold by Shimon to Yehuda. To, a, a, to an outside party. But what happens if Shimon was actually selling that property to Ruvain? Ruvain, he's going to protest parcel A... But he also wants to be able to buy the contiguous land. He also wants to buy parcel B. Now, but, and he's going to sign off on the sale of parcel B, which is a legitimate sale, even though parcel B identifies as the land next door as being parcel A. In this case, says Abaya, he has an excuse. 
Why did he do it? Because he knows that if he says, no, I cannot sign that, that, that border belongs to you because it belongs to me, then it's very possible that Shimon will turn around saying, well, if you don't do that, I'm not going to sell you parcel B. So the reason why he's willing to do it and sell, and say it on the sale of parcel B, because he's worried that if he doesn't write that, that the boundary belongs to Shimon, on parcel A, Shimon won't sell him parcel B. And therefore, the, so in the case where it's not going, not being sold to Yehuda, but actually it's being sold back, it's sold to Ruvain parcel B, in such a case, even though the, it identifies parcel A as long to Shimon, cannot be a raya that Ibn is a chus, so he does not lose his rights, because he has a valid reason as to why he was willing to sign document on parcel B, even though it identifies parcel A as belonging to Shimon. Why? Because if he wouldn't have signed it, he would have protest that he would have let the cat out of the bag that I'm planning on taking away parcel A, what's going to end up happening? Shimon would turn around and say, I'm not selling you parcel B. So Moses is like this. Right? And actually it makes sense because if you know that somebody has two properties right next to each other, you actually ask for more money. It's worth a lot more to them. Right? Right. Right. To, it's worth more to Reuben. So Shimon will ask for more money. Could be. Or maybe he just doesn't want, he's upset. I'm not going to sell it to you. you. You're taking away my one property. I'm not going to go sell you my other property. He doesn't want to let the cat out of the bag. So, it's only where Shimon is selling it to Yehuda and Ruvain signed on it, identifying parcel A as being Shimon's. But where that second parcel is being sold back to... Back to Ruvain, right? Lo ibed ezechuso. He does not lose his right to protest on parcel A, right? The Amar, because he's going to say, what is his argument? Ilo hachi. If I do not sign off on parcel by uh, the, the sale of parcel B that he owns parcel A, lo lihali. He would not have sold me parcel B. So I, I was forced. I had to sign it. So my So what are you going to claim? You know what? What you should have done. When we see this sometimes in halacha, you acquired it. Maybe you should have pulled aside to aid him. Pull the whites aside before you sign on the document for parcel B. Pull it out and say, guys, listen, I'm about to buy parcel B. And even though it has in there a line that says that in the north parcel A belongs to Shimon, you should know I'm only signing it. Because I want to bank the sale and I want to blow up the sale, but really I'm not admitting to the fact that what? It belongs to Shimon. That it belongs to Shimon. So maybe you should have required him to do that. Right? Maybe you should have required him to do that. So therefore, my islach lemeimar, ibayali lememsar modo'a, that you should have made a modo'a, chavre isle, is that your friend, what he's going to say is that, that, that what happens is you can never keep secrets. Because I'm afraid that the two Adam have friends and they're going to mention it to their friends and their friends will mention it to you. And then again, then Shimon's going to end up finding out. And what's going to end up happening if Shimon finds out? It's going to blow up the sale. So therefore, that's not an eight, so go ahead and whisper it to two people because can't, can't keep uh, these things secret and therefore it's going to end up hurting me. So therefore, because of Chavre Isle, your friend has a friend, is that Chavre Chavre, and your friend of a friend has a friend, Chavre Isle, and it's going to end up blowing it up. So therefore, we accept the timer. We accept the timer that I only sign on parcel B that parcel A belongs, that one of the boundaries belongs to you, only just to be a, facilitate the sale of B, but not an admission that you own A. Now, the Gemara brings like this. 
There was a Maisa. Maisa Shahaya. Hahuda also similar There was a situation where uh, a person had a, a, a property that Hahuda also similar So the case was again. The case was that he identified. Uh, uh, one of the one of the boundaries. Zruvin identified one of the boundaries as belonging to Shimon, even though he himself uh, wants to come and challenge and challenge the property. Right now, Irer he protested. He came to protest. Right now, the Bashachim, and before he was able to move forward on the protest, he died. But before he died, Ukima Petropa, he established for the assignment, he established for his estate, an executor, an Apetropos, a, uh, a, a supervisor, that's going to continue for the well-being of the estate. And the Chorah, then this Apetropos, has the right to continue contesting and bring the Adem that exists, that Levi actually had stolen property A, from Ruvain, right, and from Ruvain, and then Levi sold it to Shimon, but therefore Ruvain has a right to contest it. The only, also have a trouble with Kamei Dabai. So this, this supervisor, this uh, executor came to, uh, what do you call him, a trustee, I don't know what they, what they call him over there. Administrator, administrator came to a buyer to claim that the, the land that's, that parcel A had been stolen by Levi and sold to Shimon, but actually belongs to the estate. Now, the only problem is that parcel B, Shimon had sold to Yehuda, and who did he use as one of the Adim? He used Reuben before he died, and that identified that uh, boundary as belonging to uh, the Shimon. And we said everybody agrees in that case, that once you've done that, it's like you're ceding your rights of that land to Shimon, and you can't come back and bring Adim. Hudaz Baldin Adim. So therefore, so there was a bias tina. I You can't protest that because Reuben, before he died, gave uh, signed on a document that that made that land one of the boundaries of land as belonging to Shimon. So therefore, even as a chusto, and the ruling is everybody agrees that you lose your right, that you cede your right. So this executor, this administrator was a smart fellow. He said like this is that the rule is that when you're dealing with an estate with Yusayimim, you have to make any argument that the dead father could have made, you have to argue on his behalf. He could have said this. And he said, if the dead father would be here alive today, you know what he would have said? He would have said, where that boundary is, yeah, I gave him the right of a, a, a sliver of land. Means what I was, I wasn't saying that whole field, because all it says is in the north, one of the north, the boundary belongs to Shimon. But not that the whole field belongs to Shimon. The dead father would have said, you know what I ceded to Shimon? Just a, a, a few inches, a parcel, a few inches of land next to the boundary. But the rest of the acreage of that belongs to the estate. Right? And therefore, yeah, I explained what I was giving him. I was giving him just that little piece. So when it says like this, if the father of the Yisraelim was alive, what argument would he have made? I just gave you a telem, I just gave you a row. So a buyer heard this and says, well, that's a good timer. 
Because I'm explaining what I meant. That's all I meant. I'm not giving you the whole field. I'm just seeding that one line. So therefore, the Amr Yechanan says, yeah, in a Because remember, he has aid him that the land was stolen. It's not out of the blue. It's not a crazy. The Maisa, he has aid him that Levi stole the land for him. The, only because his name appears on that document, the parcel B, do we say that he's seeded. But if he has a terret that I'm only seeding the slither of land, we're going to go with that. So therefore, that if the uh, father were he here, or, or it says that, I made for you just one row, that's all I'm seeding to you, therefore it's a good time, Naman is believed. However, you do have to give him that one row. Lamaisa, on the, the row that's right next to the border, you, you are saying that that's what he meant, so that has to be given. So, so go give him that one row. The problem is when they went to check the property, that one row had a whole row of palm trees on it. So it was a very expensive row. It wasn't just a shtickle piece of karka, but it was a karka that had in it a whole row of palm trees. So, means it had a patch, like a row of, of palm trees. So, the, 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 the uh, administrator came up with a chak. He said like this, you know, if my, if the father of the Yusemin would be here, what he would have said is, yes, I gave it to him at the time when I made the sale, but I turned around right away and I bought it back. I gave it to him and I bought it back. Now, so Rashi learns, even though other Yusemin disagree with Rashi, Rashi learns it works like a pesha asa pesha hitir. Because, I have aided him that this land was stolen, should all belong to mine. The only reason you believe that it doesn't belong is because I put my name on the document. Right? Now, if you believe me when I put my name on the document that it belonged to Shimon, you should also believe me when I say I bought it back. If you think I'm a liar, then you shouldn't believe me about the, 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 the document that it belonged to Shimon to begin with. So therefore, if you're going to believe me that it belonged to him, that one row, also believe me that I bought it back. This is the taina that the administrators make. And therefore, I don't have to give even the, the row of uh, palm trees back. What? Yeah, but again, it's still, at the end of the day, it's my testimony that's documented. If you think I'm a liar... Don't believe me on that either. So when it says like this, that if the father of the same was alive, he would have argued, right away I turned around and I bought it back. Even though we normally would not allow this unless the, 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 the claimant actually says it. But here since we're functioning for the assignment, we have to get whatever is possible that he could have said, we have to make that argument. Rashi said it works like a Pesha Az Pesha Hitter. Other Rishonim said it doesn't work. Pesha Az Pesha Hitter only works if you say it immediately after. But you can't have, oh, I put the den and late, I come back a month later and then that's what, you, that doesn't work as a amigo a Pesha Az. But anyway, the point is that, 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 that that's, that's how it works. So Amrabiah, so Abaya said like this, he made, after this whole thing, basically he awarded the land back to the Yusayimim. They didn't even have to give up the palm trees. So Abai said, I'm on the Milkim Apatrupa. If a person wants to have an administrator watching over the estate on behalf of the Yusayimim, Nukim Kihai, find a guy like this. Because the Yadalabukhabisme, he knows how to find every merit and every schluss on behalf of the Yusayimim. That's the kind of guy you want taking care of the estate. Let's go weiter. All right, very interesting situation over here. We have a guy that's field is landlocked. 
All right? Means he's surrounded by four other fields. Now, at this point in the Gemara, we understand means Reuven has a field in the middle and Shimon has the surrounding fields all around. Now, how does Shimon, how does Reuven get to the highway? Right? So there must have been a path. There was an accepted path that Reuven would use to cut from through, they was allowed, he had an, an, an egress, a right of access, to go to this path to get from his field to the highway, let's say. Now what happens is Reuben went to China for six months. During the time that Reuben went to China, the path got grown over, and nobody could identify where the path was. Now we know there was a path, because there's no way he, he would have been able, but he doesn't know where the path is. So Shiloh is now, Shimon, assuming it's all Shimon, right? We assume that Shimon was around. So therefore Reuben says, I want my path. What is the re- legal requirement of Shimon? That's going to be the issue here. So therefore, like this, a person who went to China, and they lost the path, the, the right of the, the egress that he had. So Admon says the only right he has is to take the shortest, the smallest amount of land away from Shimon, according to understanding it. So therefore, the, 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 the closest point from Ruvain to the highway, that's the only thing he can demand and that he has a right to get. Chachamim say you have to buy it back. And, and, and my amount of Lachar means is even a 10,000 zuz, if it's going to cost you 10,000 means the Chachamim, all the leverage is on behalf, is on the surrounding guy, because unless you can prove where your right of path was, I don't have to give it to you. If you want it, pay me 10,000 zuz, and if not, or learn to fly. So therefore, is he getting the right to path? The right, it's the right to path. Whatever the right he had, the right to path. So now, Gemara says like this: My time at the Rabbanon, Adman, assuming that it's this one guy who owned the outer land. That one guy, there was a path before. So how can he tell him learn to fly? Give me ten thousand. The Chayra Adman is correct. You can tie in a of said, give me the smallest, the, 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 the smallest, shortest path to the highway. Fine, but to say pay me ten thousand and line, what's shot in Adman? That makes no sense. So I'm Rabbi Yudam Aram. So Ram said like this: Is that maybe the case is not like what we understood? That it's all owned by Shimon on all sides. That really it were four different people on each side. So therefore, each one you come to and say, "Give me my path." What does he say? Go to the other guy. Right now. Uh, so therefore, if that's the case, though, then we have to understand. Then what's Takab shot in Admon? How can you say, no, the one with the smallest path given? Why should he have to give the smallest path even? But Chayri could tell you, I wasn't here. You go, right, what, what right does he have that you can demand from the shortest path? So one says like this, Iachi, my time at the Admon, then what's shot in Admon? So I'm a rover, if it's four landowners that each one boarded from a different guy, four that boarded from four, then even if four of them all boarded from an original one, you're right. Everyone agrees that you can't go to any one of them because they can push it to the other one. Because even if it originally was owned by one guy, but now that's owned by four separate guys, you're going to go to Reuven, you said it was Shimon. You go to Shimon, you said it was Levi. You go to Levi, you said it was Yehudas. So therefore, you're going to have to pay to get back your path. There's no question. Keep Ligi, Bechad Arba. The case over here was 
is that right now, it's all, Ruben's in the middle and Shimon's on the side. Shimon bought it from four different people. Shimon has documentation. He bought each land from different. So what's the difference? At the end of the day, what Admon's Taina is, that one of those lands has my path in it. And it's only one owner. So my Taina is on you. So L'Chairah, I understand. So therefore, Admon's Taina, either way, no matter who you bought it from, but I had one path. And it's all you. You can't push me to anybody. So you have to give me a path. You want to make it the shortest path? I'll take the shortest path. Doesn't matter. So L'Chairah, what did Rabbanon hold? Rabbanon say like this. Listen to what Rabbanon say. Rabbanon say to the guy that L'Chaira, I still have leverage on you. You're going to have to pay me. Why? Because if you don't pay me, I'm going to go back to the people that sold it to me and say, yes, guys, you messed me up. You sold me a property that I have to now give a guy a path. I don't want it. And I'm going to give it back to the original owner. And if I give it back to the original owners, then what's going to happen? Then you're going to have to pay 10,000 zuz because each one can say, I'm not giving it to you and you're going to have to pay top dollar. This is the way Rashi learns it. Meaning, Lamaisa, I'll work out with you. We'll pay a normal price. I'll work out a normal price. When the mission says 10,000, that's just the leverage. Means if you don't give me a normal price for what I want from it, I'm going to turn around and give it back to the original owners and they're going to charge you 10,000 zuz. So therefore, that's the shot. Not that I'm charging you 10,000 zuz. That's not a normal Price. Sigmar says like this. If you keep quiet and pay me a normal amount, then fine. I'll take a little bit, whatever. But, but, but if not, if you're not going to accept the, the deal that I'm giving you to pay me for the short amount, then Adrina I'm going to give back to the original owners. And you're not going to be able to have a din with any of them. You're, they're going to have all the leverage. You're going to have to learn how to fly. All right. Says more like this. I would Guy before he died says, I want that even though the, my sons are going to inherit my property, one palm tree should go to the daughter. All right. Now, so the four sons, let's say the four sons divide up all the properties, but no one took care of giving the daughter the palm tree. All right. So So now she comes and each brother is saying, I don't have to give the palm tree, go to him. You know, so he thought it's the same as our Mishnah. And our Mishnah, we said, they have a right to push her off. So there was Sabrab Yosef Lamema Matnisin. That's the same case as Mishnah. Each one can push off to the next one, right? They don't have to give the palm tree. So Amalei Abai, Abai said to Rabbi Yosef, that's not the same thing. He says, In our Mishnah, there was a definite path. The definite path was in one of the fields. Each one can say, that wasn't by me. Here the shibud of giving the palm tree was on the entire property. Each brother has a shibud of making sure the father's words were fulfilled and giving it. So no one can push it to the next one. Between all four of them have a shibud. Before only the, only one property had the shibud, not all four. Here the entire property has the shibud. Haka dikla Here the dekel is, the responsibility of the dekel is on all of them. So Lechera said, what do you do? So Maita Kanta, how do you fix it up? So Lezbala let them all give her collectively one deco and then re-divide up the assets. That's the only fair thing to do. It's not the same as our Mishnah where each one can, can, can push them off to the next one. You can't push off the next one. So Lahadra Valivla and then they should go back and divide it up equally whatever's left after that deck. Let's just finish off. The case was again, a man, a, 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 a man said to, uh, to, uh, to, the, to the estate, I want my daughter to get one palm tree. Shachiv, he died. Now what happened was like this. There were many palm trees, but there were two palm trees that he owned, co-owned. So this guy who died with Shimon had a partnership in two palm trees. 
So the brothers said, why give her a whole palm tree? We had only two of them, we only, only, only own half. Let's give her two of the halves. Let's give her the two of the halves that we own half with another guy. And therefore, two halves is a whole. That's like giving her a whole palm tree. So therefore, Veshavik Trey Balgadikla, he left two halves of a palm tree. So Yasub Ravashi Vikakashale. So Ravashi had the Shaila, Mikara Inchila Trey Balgadikli Dikla. Does a person, when he says a whole palm tree, could he be referring to two separate halves? Is that what he could have meant? I lied. So Amale Ramorakai the Ravashi, Ramorakai, who is a Talmud Ravashi, who is a Rashiva Masvachazi, said, Achi Amar Abdim, Mimagrunya, this is what Rabbi Amagrunya said, Mishmeda Rabba, in the name of Rabba. Kari Inchila Trey Balgadikla Dikla. He said, that's what people do call two halves a whole, and therefore the estate has the right to say to her take, uh, take a half in the north and a half in the south and you're getting your full palm tree and we have fulfilled our responsibility. <laughs>